man, you guys need to get out more. I'll tell you what. We're, we're about uh, 60, 70 miles south of St. Louis down Highway 55. And yeah, uh, we're, we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. I tell people it ain't Hooterville, but you can see it from there. I think I might be the mayor there. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I need to. I got water. Brought my home. Make Dola a little nervous because I took off out of the church. The Lord said, go get your guitar. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know why. And I asked my wife to get it out, and yeah, she did. But there's no paraphernalia up there. Again, when you're round, you can't just hold one of these things. <laughs> you have to strap it on. So talk amongst yourself. this morning to get away from Dola's dishes or I'll break something. I would have. <laughs> I only broke a picture frame so far. <laughs> we got in at what time yesterday? Four o'clock. Four o'clock at my four fifteen. She had broken something. <laughs> This is 20 years worth of effort here. I've been twisting her arm and, and trying to get her out of the box. Uh, hope you all enjoy this. If the world for me was hopes of its silver and its gold, and you have to get along with meager fare. Just remember in his word, how he feeds the little bird. Take your burden to the Lord, leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord, or leave it there. If He trusts you through your doubt, He will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord, leave it there.
Never felt so strong. 
small town of then about maybe 1,200 people, and there was no trouble in the school. We had a pretty quiet little town until the early 70s came around and the Supreme Court banned prayer from school. And what that did was give a lot of kids a license to sin. Within six months of that action, we had a stabbing in our school. Hmm. Within six months of that happening, they dropped the dress code in school, which made things even worse. Now, I'm the administrator in a small school, and the biggest complaint I get from parents is, why do my kids have to wear khakis and a polo shirt? 
Why can't they wear their shorts and their holy jeans and their green hair? And I tell them all the same thing because that puts everybody on an even playing field. Because I don't want some kid coming in here with some kind of a logo on a shirt or on a sweater or on a hoodie and another kid coming in without one and them saying, I'm better than you because look what my parents can buy and your parents can't. We're all the same. That's lesson number one. We're all the same. We don't need man-made differences. And listen very carefully. That's what we're dealing with today, man-made differences. You just heard Sister Betty over here shouting, speaking in tongues. Uh, the Lord really compelled me. I knew she was leaving, but the Lord compelled me to get over there and give her a word. <laughs> that word, that word sent her into a Holy Ghost fit. Yeah. <laughs> a simple little word from the Lord that he loved her. She was a jewel. And there's no difference. I mean, I, I know people, I know ministers that would have never gone over here and talked to Sister Betty because she's the wrong color. Yeah. Not here. Not here, for sure. Because I've seen what that does. And I've seen ministers that wouldn't come to this church because there aren't enough people here. Because the people don't dress fine enough. I say they need to grow up, brother. Amen. I say they need to grow up. I drove eight hours once. I was working with a promoter. And he booked a church for me in St. Joseph, Missouri. Northwest Missouri. I live in southeast Missouri. I had to drive all across the state. Eight hours worth of driving. And I got up there to that church and walked in, and it was a beautiful cathedral, stained glass windows. I think it might have been a Nazarene church. It was downtown St. Joe, Missouri. Church would probably hold 350, 400 people. Three people showed up. Three people showed up. You're feel better than here, but this this was just a concert for and one night a concert. Three people showed up. And I'm standing back looking at all this. I'm just trying to get this ministry off the ground. And I'm standing back, <laughs> I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, Lord, I shouldn't even be here. Get a little puffed up here. <laughs> you know how that goes. <coughs> yeah. And you know what the Lord told me? He said, what if I fill this place to capacity? What if I put 400 people in this building? And you came out here and you sang and you preached. And three people came forward and got saved. What would you think about that? I said, I'd call that a success. He said, there's your three people right there. Don't you ever doubt where I send you. Or who shows up or who doesn't show up. Get yourself there. Amen. It's a calling. And if 
I don't sing or preach somewhere for a few months, I get an itch I can't scratch. Yeah. We, have, we have dear friends in Florida. Uh, Smitty is 92. Janine, his wife, is 86. We went down to see them uh, last June. We went down to see them. And Janine grabbed us and hugged us and said, I am so glad you were here. She said, I had to get saved at least six times last week. <laughs> he's got nobody to preach to, and he's preaching to her. And she said, I'm, I'm so glad you got somebody else to preach to. I had to get saved six times last week. Come on. <laughs> As it gets in you, it gets in you if you let it. It's a choice you've got to make. I want to take us into 2 Peter, chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. I'm just going to start up a chapter at verse 1. 2 Peter, I'm sure I'm right here. 2 Peter, chapter 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. He's saying, hey guys, this is Peter. To them that have obtained like precious faith with us. We're talking about faith here. Everybody's received faith. Everybody's got a certain amount of faith. To them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we talk about welling up faith inside of us, and this is talking about like precious faith that has come through the righteousness of God and through our Savior Jesus Christ. Second Peter, it's right after First Peter. Yeah. <laughs> on, on page four fourteen, you all got that? Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So because of this faith, this like precious faith that we get through the righteousness of God, grace and peace is multiplied to us, but it's multiplied us through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. His divine power hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. How many of you know that this country is in a mess? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of guesses. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to the news, we're in really bad shape. If you listen to God's word. This is what the Lord is telling us here. Peter says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. My wife and I shut the TV off more than a year ago. We don't listen to that nonsense because I don't need that nonsense to know what's going to happen. I have in my hand an age-old book. It's called the Bible. 
And this Bible tells me how things have gone in the past, how things are going now, and how things are going to go in the future. I don't need some news broadcaster that's trying to sell advertisements to tell me how bad things are. I can drive across, uh, I can just drive into town. We, we live about 15 miles from nowhere. And if I drive into town, I can see how bad things are. We live in a predominantly Catholic community. And we've got some great friends that are Catholics. I know some spirit-filled Catholics. And I'm not going to stand here and bash the Catholic Church. But I will tell you, in the area that we come from, the Catholic Church has got a lot of control. They tell people what to wear, what to eat, what to do, who to vote for, and how to vote. And they will all tell you, I'm Catholic, and I'm a Democrat, but I'm pro-life. <laughs> Two out of three ain't bad, eh? And I asked him, how can you do that? When I look at the Democratic Party credo and I see that they are pro-choice, how can you say that you're a Democrat and you're pro-life? But they're told, and then honestly, folks, in our area, the Catholic Church will tell these people, if you run a dead dog on the Democratic ticket, they will vote for that dead dog. And I'm, I'm not going to stand here and preach a political message. I vote a pro-life ticket. I vote a conservative Christian ticket. If a Democrat steps forward and presents a pro-life conservative Christian platform, I'll vote for that person. I will vote the way that Bible tells me to vote. Because I'm a Christian first and foremost. And we have a lot of friends that are telling us that <laughs> oh, CNN says this, and CNBC says this, and we've got to do this, and this has going to happen this way, this way, this way, and right here. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So I just need to turn right here. And all things I need pertaining to life, I get from God. I don't care what CNN says. I don't care what CNBC says. I don't care what either party says. As a young man, I, I, and I grew up in church. I was taken to church when I was days old. I am part of a generational blessing. You could go back to my family generations. I have a Hitchcock's biblical analysis that has an 1865 copyright date on it that my great-grandfather used to prepare messages. Wow. And I use it. I use it to prepare messages. This is 
the generational blessing that I'm a part of. And as a young man, I'm reading this Bible, and I get to the book of Revelation, and I'm studying Revelation, and I see how this one man one day will step in in the middle of a tribulation and will set up a one-world government, a one-world church, and a one-world economy. And I'm thinking, that ain't going to happen. I know too many rednecks with guns. I'm telling you, folks, if you would have tried that in my hometown in the 70s, you're getting whooped. And you're not just getting whooped. You're getting tarred and feathered. You're getting thrown outside the city limits. And if you come back in, it'll be worse the next time. And I'm wondering just how in the world is this going to happen? How in the world is this one man going to dupe all these rednecks with guns and get them to blindly follow him over a cliff? And we fast forward to today, and here we are 45 years later, 50 years later, and I'm seeing grown adults that don't have enough walking around sense to get in and out of the rain. Amen. And they will blindly follow anybody who says, I am. That's it. That's all you have to say. Oh, I got the answer. Come follow me. And I, I, maybe this won't be very popular, but I was in a, I, I, I retired from a junior college and I was in a class, taking a class. I got classes as part of my pay, and I was in a night class the night that Barack Obama was elected to his first term in office. And I came home, and my wife was in bed, and I woke her up and I said, you better wake up, we're in trouble. Amen. She said, why? I turned the TV on, and we got to catch his speech when he walked out onto that platform, and I saw all these people worshiping a man who had been nothing more than a community planner. Worshiping this man. And I turned that TV off and Beverly asked me, what do you see? And maybe, maybe people will want to crucify me for this. I don't care, but this is what the Lord showed me in the spirit. I said, what I see is Richard Nixon. I see a man who couldn't tell the truth if he held a gun to his head. And secondly, if that man's not the Antichrist, he knows who is. Folks, we're that close. Those last days are on us. And we need to understand that we have an instruction manual and we have the truth in our hands. And we need to look to this more and more every day and we need to rely on this more and more every day. Come on. And this thing they call COVID, ladies and gentlemen, it's real. Okay? It's real. There is a virus out there. You may die from it. Yep. Newsflash, there has always been a virus out there, and you may die from it. Amen. This is nothing new. This is just regurgitated stuff. My wife and I are in the ministry full-time, and we travel this country. 
And I will be bold enough to tell you that we travel this country with Psalm 91. Not with a mask, not with a shot, with Psalm 91. And we have yet <laughs> we have yet to die from this thing. Have we been sick? Sure, we've been sick. We've, we're in our 60s. Where do we get sick? Come on. Been getting sick my entire life. But I'm not going to live my life in fear of something that may not happen. Something that probably will not happen. And the statistics are if you get COVID, what is it? A 99.8% survival rate. Yeah, for normal people. And if you get COVID and you've got side effects, you've got some underlying conditions, sure. It's serious. And we've got, we've got friends that have just rushed to get a vaccine because that's going to save lives. And I, I just saw on the highway coming up here, buckle up. It used to be buckle up, arrive alive. Now it's buckle up, get vaccinated, and arrive alive. They're indoctrinating people on the highway that if you don't get a vaccine, you're going to die in a car wreck. Yes. And the truth of the matter is, Psalm 91 says that since you have made the Lord your God, your habitation, no plague shall come nigh thy dwelling. That to me is good news. All I got to do is stand on the truth. And if I get sick and die, guess where I end up? Heaven. Take me out. Send me to heaven. Go ahead. Threaten me with a good time. That we have everything we need here that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that calleth us to glory and virtue. Whereby are given to unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Good news again. We don't have to listen to that crap. We have escaped that corruption that is in the world through lust. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. That's all you see on the evening news. Turn it off. It's all fake anyway. And even at that, you cannot turn your TV on in prime time and watch it for more than two or three hours without seeing someone gay. And portrayed as normal. And that's filtering down. We, we've got a granddaughter that we've taken to church forever. And my, my wife picked her up the other day to take her shopping. She had a rainbow-colored bracelet on it said pride on it. Grandma nailed her. And she knows the truth. She's going to hear the truth from us. But the truth is, folks, we've got the truth right here. But then he goes on to say, and beside all this, beside all this faith that we have, this like precious faith, and the righteousness of God, or 
And because of the grace and the peace that's multiplied to you through the knowledge of God, and we got this knowledge because of the faith, we got this knowledge because of the word, we got all this stuff. And according to his divine power, he's given us things that pertain to life and to godliness. We have everything we need in life, everything we need to know about life. And he's given unto us exceeding and great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. That not that enough in itself? That's some pretty good stuff. And we've escaped the corruption that is in the world through the lust. But he says, then beside all that, here's what you need to do. Giving all diligence, add. Ooh. So there's more. But we can't just read the Bible and get Bible. There's enough in there. But here's what we're looking for when we read. Add to your faith virtue. Virtue meaning manliness, valor. Comes from a Greek word, arete. Arete means lifting strength. Virtue, lifting strength, power. Arete comes from a word, Greek word, a ero, which means to pick up. Pick something up, got strength enough to pick that up. These are things we need to pick up. All these things that the Lord is telling us about, righteousness. We need to add to our faith virtue, and to our virtue we need to add knowledge. Nasios. It means legitimate, of birth, genuine, the real deal. We have to add to our faith, manliness, valor, strength. We have to strengthen ourselves because of our faith. And we need to add to our faith, knowledge, genuineness, the genuine knowledge. Turn the TV off, turn the Bible on. Get the knowledge of the Word of God in you and add that to your faith. Add that to your virtue. And to knowledge, we need to add temperance. What? Temperance, Gary. Inkratia. A Greek word in Kratia is where this comes from. And it means self-control. Okay, we got faith. We got virtue, we're the real deal, and we got strength. We're gaining knowledge. Why in the world would the Lord throw self-control right in the middle of all that mix? You don't know why? So we don't get the big head. Mm -hmm. So we don't think, you know what? Uh, how, many, how many people back in the 80s did you meet that had super faith? Flexing those faith muscles. They had that upper body strength. <laughs> yeah, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you know why you don't have a Cadillac and I do? You don't have enough faith. Their heads were this big. I don't want a Cadillac either. 
That's why I don't have, that's what I tell them. I don't have a Cadillac because I don't want one of those stupid things. You ever work on one? Oh. Hmm. Yeah. How much fun is it to work on a Cadillac? Uh, not. Not. Yeah. You gotta pull the engine and transmission just to change the plugs. Yes. Yes. That's why I don't have a Cadillac right there. Amen. Yeah. You know what I love to drive? My 1964 Ford F-350. Woohoo! Yeah. I can crawl in beside that 292 and I can change the plugs with one hand. Set on the fender and reach everything. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And I got enough faith to do it. I don't know who that guy is, but I'm starting to like him. Now, we have to add to our temperance patience. Patience? Yeah, give it to me now. I need patience and I need it now. Yes. Oh. Patience comes from a Greek word, hoopamone. And it means hopeful, cheerful endurance. Not only do I have to have patience, I gotta be happy about it. You gotta be kidding me. Happy. How does that happen? Good morning. Yeah. Patient continuance, and that comes from a word hupomino, which means to remain, so stay in that as long as it takes. Mm. Starting to hurt, huh? <laughs> and that comes from huperectino, which means stretch beyond. Oh, <laughs> get more painful. Because this is not only hopeful, cheerful endurance, but you've got to continue in that, and it's going to stretch you. This is a growing process. We're starting to build, and we're starting to grow in the Lord. And patience is the first step to growing. We've got faith. We've got virtue. We have the knowledge. We don't got the big head. And now we're going to start working on patience. Yep. <laughs> Can't we just bypass that one? Gary, what happens when you build a house and you start putting in a foundation and you leave about a three by three gap in that foundation? An imperfect foundation and what will happen if you build a three story house in an imperfect foundation? It'll be imperfect and how long will it stand? Till the wind blows good and the, the foundation's gonna crumble, what's gonna happen to the house? It'll fall over, it'll come down. So if you want your world to come crashing down around you, yeah, just skate around patience. Mm. You wanna know patience? Tribulation work with patience. And if you've built a house and you've left a hole in the foundation and your house crumbles, what's that gonna do to your patience? That's, it's gonna go right through you. You might as well get it the first time through and get it over with. Do it right the first time and get it over with. Amen. This requires a very conscious effort on our part. 
You cannot be patient unless you know you are. You'll never be patient by accident. Amen. <laughs> I, I, there's just no other way to put it. It doesn't happen by accident. It, it happens because you've been through something. Tribulation worked with patience. And patience worketh endurance. And endurance, this is what we're all talking about right here. So expect to be a little bit stretched here, okay? Amen. That's why you have virtue, you're the real deal. That's why you have knowledge. When you start stretching, just put more knowledge in there. It gives you room to grow. Gives you room to know. And you're not stretching because your head's getting bigger. Because we've already taken care of that with temperance. Okay? And add to patience, godliness. Godliness coming from a Greek word, eusebia, which means piety, well reverent. This, ladies and gentlemen, is when things start falling off. This is the point of the process when you start getting rid of things. You may have to get rid of your past. You may have to get rid of your friends. Things you say, things you do, even sometimes things you eat. Look out. Look out now. I'm liking to eat. But there are certain things that are going to harm you. Will smoke and send you to hell? No, but it'll sure make you sound, smell like you've been there. And this is one of the things that will need to fall off. Tough message, but it needs to be preached and it needs to be taught. And we need to understand that this is how we grow. This is the process that the Lord is putting us through because of his great love. Because of everything he's mentioned so far in 1 Peter. And when we start building a foundation to set all this stuff on, how many, how many houses have you rehabbed that are 100 years old? They've got a good foundation. Otherwise, they're not going to be there. We just, we just made a trip into eastern Ohio. We took a, a ride on the, on the lake. And when they built this lake, they flooded a, a big plantation. And there was a huge rock house up on the hill. And you could get to it. They built the dock down there. This thing was built like in the 1820s. Beautiful, hand-cut stone. They had an arched cellar, hand-cut stone. These stones were cut in a V and stacked. And these were not small stones. These things were probably three feet long, and they were about 18 inches thick at the top. <coughs> Big stones. But that house has been standing, yeah, 200 years. 200 years a house has stood, hand-built, because it's a found, good foundation. And here, ladies and gentlemen, is what we're doing. We're laying a good foundation. So to patience add godliness when things start falling off. And to godliness, we need to add brotherly kindness. It comes from a Greek word, Philadelphia. It means fraternal affection. 
The Bible tells us, forsake not the gathering of yourselves together. Even more so as you see the day approaching. That's something people don't quote much. Even more so as you see the day approaching. You want to know why the government's shoving a pandemic down our throats and shutting churches down? Because they don't want us getting together. Because they know how much power is in this church. I'm so happy to get into church. I've always said it's a great thing to come into the house of the Lord and find him home. And when you find him home and you find his children there, how many of you have kids? How many of you have grandkids? Okay, how great is it to sit in your house and see your yard full of kids and grandkids and they're all getting along? What a good feeling is that? You're not out there breaking up a fight. They're just getting along. They're sharing everything. How much more do you think God is pleased whenever he sees us in this house getting along? Fraternal affection. Brotherly kindness. Okay, now let's try something. Let's try to show brotherly kindness without patience. No. <coughs> not going to happen, is it? So understand these are building blocks. And this is a process that we all must go through. And we, here, Peter says here, give all diligence. He says, pay attention, folks. Make sure you're doing this, and make sure you're doing this the right way, because if you don't, your house will crumble. Lay this foundation for all these great things that we have because of the faith that we get from the righteousness of God. And to brotherly kindness, we add charity. It comes from a Greek word, agape. Love in a social or moral sense, affection and benevolence. Let's also try this. Let's try to have charity without patience. That won't work either. Let's try to have charity without brotherly kindness. That bird will fly in it, okay? So that means I gotta have patience. You're not making this easy, are you? Let's go into Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. We've built this foundation. We've gone from faith. We've added virtue. We've added knowledge. We've added temperance. And on top of that, patience. We've added godliness. And we've added brotherly kindness. And the last block in the foundation is the first level of the house. Charity, love. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. love. The first fruit of the Spirit. Now we've got a foundation. 
Now we've got something that the Lord can build upon. Now we've got something worth working with. Faith is not enough. This is why the Bible says faith without works is dead. These are the works we need to begin. Lay that foundation. And then from there, let the Holy Spirit take over. When you get there and the Holy Spirit comes in, you build a nice house for the Holy Spirit to live in, and he comes in and dwells in that house, how cool is that? <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen, is what we were born for. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what Jesus Christ died for. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what this book is all about. There was a time when God created this earth, spoke life into everything there, and created man, breathed life into man. Do you know we're the only creature on the face of the planet that God's life is breathed into? We're it. And because of one lie, Eve believed one lie, a lie that Lucifer told her. Why do you think God doesn't want you to eat that fruit? Well, because I'll die. You won't die. <laughs> he doesn't want you to eat that fruit because you'll be like him. You'll be like him. People are still believing it. Watch the evening news. See how many gods you see flash across that screen. How many have ever been to college? Been lately? Places full of gods. I retired from a junior college, a small junior college, and I worked in the IT department. I got a call one morning from a gentleman who had a doctor degree. You know what he did for fun? He's a cross-dresser. As queer as a football bat. And I'm not apologizing for that because it was just, he was. He was just weird. And he called me up one morning and said, I just got a notice popped up on my computer. My antivirus needs to be updated. He said, okay, click on it and update your antivirus. <laughs> You're laughing, but you know what he told me? I'm a doctor. You want me to update my own antivirus? <coughs> yeah. Because I'm not. I'll call your boss. Okay, here's his number. I gave him my boss's number. Here's his extension, call him. My boss came in and said, what did that quarter tell you? <laughs> he told me he wanted me to come up and update his antivirus. He said, we don't do that. Me. <laughs> I know that, and you know that, but he hasn't got it yet. 
update his own antivirus. He thought he was a guy <coughs> because of a degree, a piece of paper hanging on the wall, because he had sat in a classroom a few more years than I had. Thought he was a guy. We've got a situation in this country where police officers are being shot. In some instances, that's a very sad situation, but I've met a lot of police officers that think they're gods, and it's no wonder they're getting shot. We got people going ballistic in, in courthouses because of what judges are doing, the stupid decisions they're handing down. And I'll be bold enough and brazen enough to say that. The stupid decisions they're handing down. And they're being shot and killed because of that. Because they think they're gods. But folks, nowhere in this Bible do I ever see that I'll be a god. God is God, and you're not. Get over it. That's right. First things first, get over it. He created you. He gave you life. He gave you love. He gave you a way back to him. And we've got that mapped out right here. Peter, an eyewitness to what Jesus Christ said and did, took the time to write this for us. We need to take the time to read it and take it to heart and apply it. Yeah. The next time I come back, I want to see a whole bunch of patient people. <laughs> And Deb, praise God. Wasn't that wonderful? Amen. Wasn't that a treat this morning? Yeah. Y'all receive a blessing yeah. from Wendell? Yeah. Yes. <coughs> from, from you? I did. Yeah, okay. He says he did too, praise God. So, I want you to know the Word of God says this, and this may be out of our normal order, order of things. It says, let the one who shares the spiritual things of someone, of a minister, uh, sharing their carnal things with them, I would like to make an opportunity. If, you, if you're moved in your heart, there's no condemnation, there's no pushing, there's no finger pointing, anything like that, but if you're moved in your heart, you want to be a blessing to Wendell and Deb in their ministry. They have been representing CGMA, and he, he shared that so much of the time they've been on the road for CGMA, and they send the offerings back to Branson, and they're, they're out of their pocket to go stay at these places and what have you, so... Uh, that's not happening here. They're in our they're at our house. So praise God for that. Amen. We're having a wonderful time with them. But uh, we want to be a blessing to their ministry personally. So if there is a moving and unctioning from the Lord in your heart, I want to make this no this mystery basket our offering bucket here. It'll be a complete mystery to everybody. Okay. So so we will have this mystery basket available if you're moved. Oh, Dwayne is bringing the real deal up here. Oh, thank you, Dwayne. You demand, Dwayne. They won't be fooled by this as much as that. Okay. Okay. So we're going to set this 
right here beside his Bible. And if you're moved of the Spirit of God, if you're moved in any way, shape, or form to be a blessing to them, the church automatically has an honorary. But if you're moved to go beyond that, please do so this morning. We're going to dismiss right now. This Betty is gone. And so I guess we could just go to Acapulco one more time, right? And sing hallelujah to the Lord. Hallelujah. And while we're doing that, if you need, if you're in need of prayer, Wendell is, a, 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 as you can tell, he's a man of God of the word. Wendell Bev would be glad to join us in laying hands and agreeing with you on any circumstance, any situation. The word of God says this in Jeremiah. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of <coughs> peace. That's that word. Anybody ever heard the word shalom? That's Hebrew word. It means literally nothing missing, nothing broken, completely well whole. So the Lord's thoughts are that direction toward you, and if that's not the reality of what you're facing, we're ready to help make you whole, spiritually speaking, before the Lord. Amen? So we're going to go to Acapulco for just a little bit here. Unless Wendell wanted to pluck that, pluck that hip fiddle over there or something. Go to Acapulco and sing hallelujah before the Lord and worship him. And while we're doing that, feel free to come and be a blessing and open your hearts up before the Lord. Amen? Amen. How about hallelujah? You see? Hallelujah.